This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. We're going to take one last look back on today's show at the Ole Miss game, a 52-51 loss for the Razorbacks where the two-point conversion just didn't go Arkansas's way. And we're going to look ahead, of course, to this Auburn game. Danny West is going to join us. We're going to take your questions as well from your number one independent source on the Razorbacks. This is Hogsports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Of course, you can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you have not followed the page yet, be sure to do so. And also hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on YouTube. Hit the like button. And uh, I'm all over the place. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Whatever. Just follow. Wherever you're listening, just follow. Okay? Give us a thumbs up wherever you are. My picture's off. We had to restart the show. We're a little all over the place right now. Where's my Bo Nix picture? All right, we don't have a Bo Nix picture. Sorry, Bo. <laughs> things got a little messed up today. All right, things got a little bit messed up for Arkansas, so I guess that's kind of fitting. The two-point conversion try did not go through. Now, I think a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on that game Saturday, and I always try to go back and think about where this program is because I think a lot of people think that Arkansas should be this or that, obviously. And this program was a complete dumpster fire for two years in 2018 and 2019. And to me, my expectation for this season is that they are competitive each week. And they were competitive against Ole Miss. Now, the defense didn't play very well. That was obviously very disappointing. And I think a lot of people have asked questions like, where are the adjustments and why didn't they go to a four-man front? There's been a lot of discussion like that. And there were adjustments, okay? They just didn't go to a four-man front. Uh, The adjustments didn't work, obviously. Ole Miss didn't play very well on defense either. Now, to me, like when I look at this season, the black eye for this season is the Georgia loss. They didn't go down to Georgia and play very well. They lost 37 um, nothing. I didn't expect them to beat Georgia, but I expected them to be more competitive, give them a better fight. Uh, and what I think where this program needs to be is to be competitive each week. Be competitive in each game. Now, I don't expect them to beat Alabama, although Alabama pl- proved that they're beatable. I mean, if you look at it, Arkansas beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M beat Alabama. I mean, it's like anybody can beat anybody. Uh, You know, I don't know if anybody's beating Georgia, but uh, that just goes to show you anybody can kind of beat anybody in this league. And to me, like right now, you need to be competitive in each game. And if you are competitive in each game, then you're going to win more than you lose. Somebody, like, commented on one of my YouTube videos, like, where's that chest beating now, Trey? Did the Kool-Aid turn sour on you? Like – People were jumping down my throat because I picked Ole Miss to win on this podcast, and I later I changed it. I actually picked Arkansas because I felt like maybe the injuries were enough. I mean, it's such a razor-thin margin, right? Um, but, like, it, it, I just think that's 
kind of ridiculous. Like people give me a hard time for picking Ole Miss, and then somebody comes up in my comment section like, where's the Kool-Aid now, even though I picked Arkansas to win six games this year? People, right? So it's a disappointing finish in Oxford. I got to say right now, I'm kind of wiped out. I mean, I've been on the road three weeks in a row. I mean, going to Ole Miss is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was just, you know, miserable traveling on 40. 40, I don't know if it was – maybe somebody else was traveling, but on the way back, it's like there's no good way to get back, first of all. But, like, Waze is telling me to go all the way around 40 because there's all this standstill traffic. It took me like five hours to get back to Little Rock that night. I cut the trip up. So I got back to Little Rock like five hours later. My screen's frozen on Facebook, so if uh, – Oh, there I am. I'm going really fast now, so it's catching up, and now it's frozen again. So if there's a problem on Facebook, let me know. But it looks frozen on my end. We're going to rely on your questions heavily today as we talk about Auburn, but I want to get into a couple of housekeeping things. Arkansas and Arkansas Pine Bluff UAPB kickoff time announced 11 o'clock. 11 in the morning, the fourth 11 o'clock game in a row. You thought if you got nationally ranked, then you would stop getting all these 11 o'clock games, but that's not not what's happening. You get another 11 o'clock game in War Memorial Stadium. I know everybody was looking forward to tailgating for that one. You better get up early. You better get up early if you want to tailgate in Little Rock. I mean, that's like the one benefit I think a lot of people – like there will be more – usually like more people outside tailgating than they're actually in the stadium for the game. When these are when these happen, but you, know, you just kind of ruin it with an eleven o'clock kickoff, so that's disappointing. That's the fourth again, the fourth eleven o'clock game in a row for Arkansas. And out of these last four games, including this one, including the UAPB game, not to look too far ahead, but all those four, that's one game in Razorback Stadium out of four, one game because you got one in Arlington, you went to Georgia, you went to Ole Miss, well. Hell, is it more than that? Let's say Georgia, Ole Miss, those are away. You get this one. You get the UAPB game. And then you had the Texas A&M game. So that's five. Four out of five? Is that right? Is that even possible? Is that even possible? Am I forgetting something on that? Arkansas still in the top 20 despite the loss, 17th in the AP poll, 19th in USA Today. Coaches poll, 17th in ESPN.com power rankings, and 18th in the ESPN FPI formula. Arkansas projected right now by 24-7 sports to play Michigan State in the Citrus Bowl on January 1st. You'd take that one still. Still a great bowl game. Arkansas's got an opportunity to still win a lot of games. I think they have an opportunity to win all the games. Maybe not Bama, but in my opinion, they've got an opinion, uh, an option. Opinion, bleh, they've got a chance to win most of the remaining games, except for that one. I really think they do. Just be competitive in all of them. You got a chance, and I think they will be. Arkansas piled up fifty-one points, six hundred seventy-six yards. It's an SEC record for Arkansas, most since two thousand sixteen. Offense wasn't the problem Saturday. Career day for K.J. Jefferson, who's been just getting better and better and better. He's the only quarterback in the SEC to have at least 1,200 passing yards and 300 rushing yards. Now, there's been some injury stuff. Obviously, you know, Dalton Wagner had a cast on his hand last week, uh, but he has a broken finger. And Jalen Catalan has a broken hand. That's why we always say it's more likely – 
when a player isn't playing up to the standard that we expect from them, and Jalen Catalan, the standard is very high based on last season, a lot of times it's an injury. And Catalan has a broken hand. People are saying all kinds of stuff like maybe somebody else needs to get a shot there and all this, or maybe he's just, he's just not into it like he was. It's an injury. Catalan has a broken hand, and he's been playing with it, been fighting through it, actually been showing toughness and, and courage fighting through. There's an interception. The reason we found out about it is because Pittman mentioned, like, if, you know, he probably would have had that if his hand wasn't broken on an interception that he missed. Now, Ole Miss, good for them. They're, they got All their guys are healthy. I know everybody was worried about all their defensive linemen who went down one after another. What Lane Kiffin done, has done is, like, it's not against the rules. It's not illegal to fake injuries. It's not. Is it crappy? Yeah. It's kind of a crappy thing to do. I mean, even Sam Pittman kind of, you know, he didn't say it, but he was joking about it, just like, <laughs> you know, good thing they're all, they're, all, they're all healthy enough to come back. But, I mean, I've never seen – I've seen a lot of guys, and, they, and Ole Miss did this last year, but um, what Lane Kiffin is doing is telling his players – to go down with injury or somebody on his staff, somebody. I don't know if they're picking the guy who's the best actor or whatever, but um, he's telling his players to fake injuries. And if he's not, then I would love him to say that he's not. These are just injuries and cramps and stuff like that. Because what it looks like, I mean, especially like that last one down the drive, the, the nose tackle goes down. He's just like standing there and he's almost just like, and he's going to fall down. That's what's happening. They're faking injuries. I'm glad Arkansas hasn't been doing that, even though with the way the rules are, there's nothing that should stop them from doing it. I just think it's crappy. I think it violates the spirit of the game. It's wrong. Um, but they're faking injuries. Everybody knows they're faking injuries. Faking injuries. All right. I'm going to jump over to Danny West real quick. Told him I'd get to him pretty quick. For those of you who aren't following Danny, you can follow him at Danny West 247 Does a great job for us covering Razorback recruiting in addition to all the other things that he does. Trey Biddy. How you doing, Danny? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm doing great. 
What's going on today? Oh, nothing. We were just talking about how Lane Kiffin tells his players to fake injuries, and they do it. Yeah, that's super cool, ain't it? Yeah, that's I mean, new it's – school stuff. I know. Like, I, I'm <laughs> openly accusing him of doing it. Like, and if he's not doing it, then come out and say you're not doing it. Sure. Yeah, there's no doubt that's what people do. It's sickening, but until they change the rules – not a lot you can do about it, you know. I'm, I'm really take advantage of it. I'm really glad that uh, that uh, Arkansas doesn't do that because I, I have not noticed that um, that at all. But you know, it also just kind of sucks because like a player really does get hurt right. and you boo. He's out there getting booed. Yeah, yeah. get up, you <laughs> fake. You know, somebody's like broken their leg or something, and you get booed. <laughs> Right, and you used to you used to cheer when a player, an opposing team's player, got up, uh, you know, got up. But uh, anyway, they they keep doing that. So uh, I just want to get your thoughts real quick, Danny. Um, I know you watched the game, obviously. What what did you think of mm-hmm. of Arkansas's performance, and obviously disappointing end? Yeah, I mean, to tell of two different stories, you know, with the offense and defense. The the offense, of course, uh, exceeded my expectations for the game, and the defense. You know, really didn't show up at all. I felt like Arkansas still probably should have won the game. You know, the fumble in the first half really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they get the ball back, but you understand what I mean in terms of such momentum a and razor thin yeah, margin of error. That's right, especially facing an offense like that that's going to get up and down the field. Every single possession counts, and so one of them ends in a uh, fumble the other in a missed field goal Mm -hmm. you know and from there I don't know about you but even though the score pretty much stayed uh, pretty much the same it just felt like Arkansas had to play catch up the rest of the way Uh, especially because you took the opening kick right which kind of surprised me yeah Uh, winning the toss and and taking the kick don't you think they did that though just because Ole Miss's offense is is so high octane and and just the way the the Georgia game went last week also with with Georgia getting the ball first I get it it's just like the two-point call I understand why you do it but boy it sucks if it doesn't work out well and then you know we talked about this on the walk and talk with the the walk and blower this week but uh just the the double that they got with being able to score right before half and then getting the ball back I think they got a field goal after that so it's like back-to-back possessions in a game where I mean it's all about possessions because nobody's stopping each other yeah that's right but again you know grand scheme of things like I said last week they lost to a good team um, on the road, third straight game away from home. That's you know it's that point of the schedule where you you kind of expected that might happen, right? So mm-hmm. I, again, I can't kill them as even as bad as the defense is playing right now. It's still a heck of a lot better than than where they had been in recent years, and there's still plenty of plenty of games on the schedule that they can win. And I think this one coming up is one of them. Uh, I- I think they got a shot to win them all, Danny. Maybe not Alabama, but I think they've got a shot to win all of them. You just have to you have to be competitive. And you know, we 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 lose it a little bit, and I know everybody gets upset when there's a loss and, you know, everybody's there, right? Everybody yeah. nobody yeah. likes losing. Um, but there is some need for a little bit of perspective because of how crappy Arkansas's football program was in 2018, 2019, and obviously a bit of a resurgence last year. But they still have a lot to work of work to do on this roster, and there are some good-looking young players on this team. And you know, you look at KJ and and how well he's been playing lately. And I mean, I look at it and just like, man, he's going to be here for two and a half more years. 
And, yeah. you know, you've got some young stars starting to emerge like Raheem Sanders. We haven't even seen fully what A.J. Green, I think, is going to be capable of. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you're going to lose some guys. Obviously, that's the way college football works. But I, I feel like they – they have some guys that show a lot of promise who are young, who are younger, and you know they'll be able to help themselves also with the new transfer portal rule. Also, getting some some guys in here, but uh, it, it, a little bit of perspective I think is needed. Um, it wasn't like Arkansas just lost fifty two fifty one to Western right. Kentucky or Portland State or something. Yep. They lost on the road at Ole Miss to a former five star quarterback who's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yep. <clears throat> I agree with you. Uh, it's something I've got to remind myself of. Even after the game Saturday, I was sitting there going, man, I, for as good as things are going, I, we're going to have to write some negative stuff about their defense. Not mm-hmm. a good feeling, you know, because things are so much better. But, that, you know, grand scheme of things, I'm with you on that. And it does. It starts with KJ. You have taken care of your quarterback questions, um, you know, for the next few years, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. That guy, here we are midway through the season. A lot of questions coming into the season. How would he handle it? I think he's answered that with a resounding, you know, he's he's top top half of the SEC on any given Saturday. Yeah. What he did Saturday ranks up there as uh, some of the best quarterback play that I can recall in a single Arkansas game. That was tough stuff, man. It really was. So Jefferson was 25 of 35 for 326 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, which was, you know, Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Close out the first, out half. The first half, which I wish they would have called a timeout um, and saved themselves about six seconds on that drive. But, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, he added 85 yards on the ground with three more touchdowns, 411 all purpose yards, six touchdowns, and got to do it in front of family and friends. I actually drove through the video. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see any. Oh, you talking about the video of the kicker? Uh, no, of, of KJ with his family outside the stadium after the game. No, I didn't. I didn't pretty see that. Pretty tough to watch, man. He's pretty emotional. I, I understand why. You know, he wanted to go down there and win it in front of his mm-hmm. family. It wasn't his fault that they didn't, you know. Yeah. That, that sucker laid it on the line. You know, I, I did see – I did catch the um, Texas A&M kicker, uh, his family. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, that was cool too. That was yeah. really emotional. I mean, I know everybody here listening to this hates Texas A&M, but – I mean, it just really reminds you of, you know, the family. There's somebody's there, son out there. It's somebody's yeah. son out there, absolutely. And uh, it was it was pretty emotional, too. Um, you know, I miss stuff like that, though, like seeing, you know, KJ's, that video, right. and I know I caught the other one, but, like, I feel like I have not finished the rewatching the game, Danny, because of the travel. It took me five hours to get back. You know, I get back super late to Little Rock at my mom's house. I stayed overnight there. And then, you know, having to get up and drive the next day and, you know, all the other things that you got to do. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little wiped out. And I can yeah. tell you the players are probably wiped out too from all these road trips. Now they get to get on a plane and go back, so they got it super easy, you know, being a player <laughs> versus media person like me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking yeah, for anybody taking that seriously. But <laughs> – I mean, it is like it's like I slept in three different beds, you know, over the weekend, yeah. um, not including my own. Uh, slept in, you know, I'd stayed at my sister's house one night, stayed in a motel room, the Quality Choice Inn or whatever in Batesville, which was nice. rough. Um, Batesville is not a pretty town, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been Batesville, there. Mississippi. Batesville, Mississippi, not Arkansas. Yeah, we, want, we want to clarify. Yeah, Batesville, Mississippi. Oh, um, this is okay. And then I stayed, my, you know, at my mom's house. I, stayed, I mean, it's just like back and forth. And I know people are like, "Oh, Trey, you have it so hard." But like the thing that I, I hate about it is like 
I watched the second half of the game uh, yesterday when I got back. Um, I, I watched the first half last night, or the first quarter last night. I haven't finished the second quarter. I haven't mm. finished the second quarter of the game, and I just feel like I miss out. Like, I didn't write an article, Danny. I don't know if you realize that, but I did the walk and talk. I had to wait forever for the blower guy. And I, yeah, I saw that. I've just given the blower guy a hard time. I mean, it's his not. Yeah, his, I, I it's felt not, like it was a, you crossed the line. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know, after 30 minutes of watching the blow, of, you know, waiting for the blower guy, and it's not just me, like, there's news stations standing out there just like, you know, with Wait their hands on their hip, just like, come on. <laughs> Come on, like just waiting for this guy to stop blowing. Yeah. And he, what's funny is like he blows and he goes up and down the field and then he's like kind of gives like a little little hand signal like, see you guys. And then some other guy comes over and like, hey, you know, does this like wraparound thing. And he's like, okay. And he starts again. He starts going through the whole thing again. At that point, I'm like, uh, oh, screw it. I'm just going to yeah. make this guy part of the walk and talk. I'm just going to talk about it. You know, I never like said anything derogatory, but I was just like, you know, just – I was just kind of having fun with it, so I didn't want anybody well, to take that the wrong way. That I was like, "This guy's just doing his job," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I was just like, "I'm just going to incorporate it, make him part of the show." Uh, yeah, so that guy has no idea how famous he is in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do feel like you know I didn't watch any other football games on Saturday. I just watched Arkansas. Um, right. I caught I caught the end of the Texas A and M Alabama game. I didn't write an article on the game because I waited forever to do the walk and talk and then had to travel and get back. So it's just like, you know, like for me, like for what I do now, I'm just like wondering, like, do I need to be traveling for these games or should we send somebody else from the team? Maybe you. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you can go. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's just that's just kind of my thoughts on it, especially, you know, sure. three weeks in a row. Like I, I do feel like in a lot of ways I can accomplish so much more and be more informed on the weekend of college football if I watch games from home versus traveling right. for the road games. Now, the home games absolutely go to the games, you know, because sure. I can make it home and everything. So, anyway, just kind of my thoughts on it. Danny, recruiting stuff. I'm sure people yep. are loving that conversation. But uh, <clears throat> recruiting stuff, what's the latest here? Have you talked to anybody? What's the reaction after such a hot start and, and then uh, a couple of losses here lately? Oh, I think they're fine. I think the, the feedback is still um, – the majority, anyway, that I'm that I'm aware of is is hugely positive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there people are fired up about them. And this is a drastic difference than you know two three years ago. So the kids know that as well as anybody. So I haven't seen a single uh, problem in terms of feedback so far. I do want to mention so far as of today, I'm not expecting any officials to be in this weekend we'll let you know obviously if that changes but Mm -hmm. uh, so far Nathan Mitchell the 2023 defensive back is probably the most notable that I've been able to come up with as far as an unofficial visitor coming in this week and certainly uh, he's one to watch Uh, I'll put it that way I'd keep my eye on Nathan Mitchell uh, Temple Texas safety corner Uh, they offered him in May He's been up here twice now. He also attended the Texas A&M game there in Arlington. So, you know, that's three. This would be four. You start to put the puzzle together a little bit, right? It's looking pretty good, especially, and it's worth noting, Arkansas is his only offer right now. So, you know, he's got a lot of of teams showing interest, but I think he really appreciates Arkansas for for being first and and really pouring it on him when other teams are kind of dragging their feet a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's one guy that that I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on, and uh, and you know, again, 
keeping uh, keep watch for him this weekend. It wouldn't shock me if maybe they get some good news at some point out of uh, Nathan. Mm-hmm. These uh, these eleven o'clock games are, are really good for recruiting because uh, everybody yeah. likes getting up at five o'clock sure. in the morning and driving to. You know, it's it's just it's brute. Like I guess Arkansas, like the silver lining of these eleven o'clock games is that they have been on the road. You know, and and like right. typically it didn't happen in the Georgia game. But in the Ole Miss game, it affected the crowd. And so, you know, there are benefits there. And by the way, I think Sam Pittman said there are 500 or something tickets left for this game. But absolutely, the fans, if anything, like to me, proven fans can make a huge impact. They, they impacted the Texas game. Yeah. The Georgia fans definitely impacted uh, the game against Arkansas uh, in Athens. So you can actually make an impact on the outcome of this game. And, and I mean, it's real. It's real. But for recruiting – it's just difficult, like for being a program like Arkansas, where you have to reach farther for talent to ask those kids from Texas to come up for such an early game. It's just, it's it's just incredibly difficult. Um, but I guess luckily for Arkansas, these have been mostly, you know, away from home. So, yep, that's right. We'll see what kind of crowd shows up. Um, <clears throat> I'm not expecting a great one this Saturday, but I do think they're going to end up with quite a few committed guys, obviously. Those guys have been really good about making the trip. So, uh, yeah, throughout the week, we'll be compiling those names and hope to to put together somewhat of a list for you by uh, probably Wednesday, Thursday. All right, everybody. So, if you want that information, go uh, follow Danny West at 24, excuse me, at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter, and uh, most of his stuff is VIP, so you will need a VIP subscription. All right, appreciate you, Danny. Hi, brother. See you. All right. All right, everybody. Danny does a great job, not only in recruiting, but also uh, just his coverage of Razorback sports in general. So, need a VIP subscription to follow Danny West. All right. I wanted to actually, I wanted to go over some statistics where Arkansas was since we're at the midway point, but I don't know where I put them. There it is. Okay. All right, so right now Arkansas is six in the SEC with 459.7 yards per game on offense. They're fourth in rushing yards, 244.8. There's a lot of teams putting up a lot of rushing yards this season. I mean, the rushing numbers are really high. 11th in passing offense at 214.8 yards per game. And then, but they're still, they're fourth in efficiency, which is a very important number. 159.9 in efficiency in the SEC. All that includes going scoreless against Georgia and 51. Putting 51 on Ole Miss, and with that, Arkansas is eighth in scoring offense at 32.3 points per game. 24 touchdowns this season. Arkansas was eighth in the SEC last season, playing an SEC-only slate with 391 yards per game. So 459.7 right now. Defense after a hot start, Arkansas is eighth in total defense at 337.5 yards per game. Includes surrendering 181.5 yards per game on the ground. And a lot of that's from these last two weeks playing Georgia and Ole Miss. 11th with 156 yards through the air. Wait. 181.5 yards on the ground to rank 11th. All right. And they have 156 yards to the air that they're allowing to rank second. Again, you'd rather be lower on rushing than passing, but still pretty good. Pass efficiency defense is number two in the SEC, so that's really good. That's a, usually a good indicator. Turnovers. Arkansas not getting a lot of turnovers. A bit of a dry spell. Just four interceptions this season, ninth in the SEC. They've only thrown three, which tied for fifth, but one of those was that Hail Mary, but everybody has opportunities like that. Only recovered two fumbles this season, which is eighth, and they have lost one, which is tied for second. 
So turnovers on both ends are, are pretty down this, this year. Uh, Arkansas is still one of the worst teams in the SEC when it comes to getting to the quarterback. 1.67 uh, sacks per game, 13th in the conference, only ahead of Vanderbilt. They've only allowed nine sacks this season through six games, which ranks sixth. Penalties are high. Not been a good penalty season. 53 total flags thrown against them that they've that's been accepted for 441 in yards and losses. 8.8 per game. 73.5 yards and losses per game. That's 11th in the SEC. Opponents are drawing a lot of flags too. 7.8 for 53 yards per game. 47 opponent flags for 320 yards. K.J. Jefferson, we talked about him just a little bit uh, earlier, but he has an efficiency rating of 163.9 completing 9.8 yards per play. That's second in the SEC behind Corral. He was first, but now he's second. 79th, he has 79 of 126 passing for 1,235 yards, with nine touchdowns and three interceptions. 205.8 passing yards per game, ranked sixth. He's second among all SEC quarterbacks in the SEC, and 15th overall with 320 rushing yards per game, 53.3 yards per outing. 259.2 total yards per game is 7th in the SEC this season. And we mentioned he's the only quarterback with 1,200 passing yards, 300 rushing yards. Traylon Smith's leading Arkansas in rushing is 10th in the SEC with 64.5 yards per game, 73 carries for 387 yards and four touchdowns. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Raheem Sanders is 14th with 54 yards per game. 54 carries for 324 yards, six, six yards per carry, one rushing touchdown. Dominic Johnson, who needs to get more carries, ranks fourth in the SEC with 6.5 yards per carry. Only has 27 carries on the year. Traylon Burks is third in the SEC with 86.5 receiving yards per game, 29 catches, 519 yards, which is second, three touchdowns, which is 12th. He's averaging 17.9 yards per catch, which is fourth in the SEC. He's also tied for first in receptions over 50 yards, 60 yards, and 70 yards. All right. If y'all want to read the rest of these, I've broken down all the defense, but I want to get to your questions now. If you've got a question, go ahead and get them in. But before we do that, I've got to remind you one more time, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Let's see if we can do this right this time all over the place i gotta i gotta tell you i'm like i'm a little brain fog right now like literally a little bit run down just from the traveling week after week and and it's not just that it's just like cramming in six days of work into four days because that's a lot of what you have to do when you travel i'm not making excuses i know i could be digging ditches or something worse i'm covering sports it's not hard work we work hard at it as danny west likes to put it all right if you haven't followed the page on facebook live on Facebook, you should do so. I think we have like 83,000 followers right now. So if you're not following the page, then throw us a follow. But we're always streaming the show on Facebook Live. Throw us a thumbs up or a like or whatever on that channel if you haven't done so. Share the content with somebody else. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like on YouTube. Also interact with the video. Share the content with somebody else. Subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review. And, uh, yeah, let other people know about Apple Podcasts too. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. I need to just come up with a recording for that, don't I? The thing is, you got to ask. 
because people will actually do it if you ask. But if you don't do it, then nobody does it. So, all right, getting to your questions. Cedric White says, I think we lose 85 to 90% of our playmakers on both sides of the ball. Does that make you nervous looking ahead? 85 to 90% of the playmakers? I don't know if that's true. You get K.J. Jefferson back. I mean, he's just a redshirt sophomore. Rocket Sanders back. A.J. Green's back. Traylon Smith's back. Everybody at wide receiver except for Tyson Morris and Traylon Burks, possibly if he decides to go pro, which probably will. I don't know. He may not. Traylon's a different kind of guy. Who knows what he decides to do? So they still get a lot back. Offensive line, they lose some players, but they got some good-looking young players on the offensive line coming back. They lose Blake Kern, get Trey Knox back, Hudson Henry hopefully healthy back. Don Elder says, I think Danny just suggested you were having a Reese Witherspoon moment. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Do you know who I am kind of moment? Is that what you think, Don? I was really just kind of incorporating him into the walk and talk, but that was just kind of. We haven't had very good walk and talks. The last two walk and talks kind of sucked. I, 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 after every one of them, I've said this before, after every one of them do, I'm just like, eh, that wasn't very good. But um, I don't know. We'll figure out something else. I don't know. I haven't had this problem before with, like, leaf blowers and lawnmowers and stuff in the stadium. Usually, like, they, they do it real quick and they're out of there, and by the time I get down there, they're all gone. But these have just been, like, really extended. Who do you anticipate filling in for Wags? Is Matt Kirk? Uh, I think they. I think they'll end up still going with um, with Ty Clary. I think that's probably the best options. Pittman has said he kind of wants to continue working to Kist and Jalen St. John inside at the guard spots and just developing them there. So, I think I think he he makes the most sense. You could also go with like I think Luke Jones has done that some, but I, I you know Brady Latham has worked some tackle, so maybe you could go that way and put Luke Jones in. I think there are a lot of options for you, which is a good thing. they got a lot of depth on the offensive line. John Sullivan says, do you think they changed the front now that it's been exposed twice? I think we thought it was just Georgia. I don't know. I mean, just because they run a three-man front, it doesn't mean it's the same. There's there's all kinds of different ways they can line up with that three-man front, you know. And it caused a lot of problems for Texas, caused a lot of problems for Texas A&M, obviously did not for Georgia or Ole Miss. But, yeah, I think that there's a possibility they could switch to a four-man front. I mean, it's hard to say. I, th- I, don't, I think so much of it is they do have some players banged up. I mean, I look out there and I say, okay, so Jalen Catalan's hand's broken. I didn't know that. Did you? Probably not. Um, Grant Morgan's got a brace on his knee. I don't remember him having a brace on his knee before, but these last two games he's had a brace on his knee. You know, and I, I think that Monteric also was a little bit banged up. I don't know if you guys saw he made a, you know, he made a great tackle and, and looked like he got hurt a little bit. And I wonder if that impacted him a little bit on that deep ball he gave up later. But I think they're I think they're banged up. I really do. Um, but yeah, maybe look at let's look at a four man front this week, you know, see if things go differently. Isaac Riley says, do we play Auburn at Fayetteville and UAPB at War Memorial? Yes. Auburn game is in Fayetteville. UAPB is at War Memorial. Andrew Douglas Eford says, can we talk about the huge blocking our running backs, wide receivers blocking that's playing team ball that hit DJ? Dennis Johnson laid that dude out. I mean, that was a great hit. And I've been saying before, I think – I think Dennis, uh, Dennis Johnson, Dominic Johnson, did I say Dennis? Dominic Johnson deserves more carries. I would like to see him get more carries. I just think, I mean, he leads the team in yards per carry. 
But Rocket Sanders deserves more carries. I'd like to see A.J. Green get more carries. And there are certain games where Traylon Smith, I think, is a good fit, and there are certain games where I, I don't think he's a great fit. And, you know, he was a good fit for the Ole Miss game. Wasn't a great fit for Georgia. Jason Ryle says need to charge a timeout each time a team fakes an injury. I mean, how do you how do you know they fake an injury? How can you say, like, as a referee, like, you get a doctor out there, like, stop play, we got to have a doctor come out here. Is this actually a cramp? I mean, how do you do it? I think it's – I think it's crappy that Lane Kiffin does that. I think it violates the spirit of the game in a way. But he's absolutely doing that. They have a plan for you to get hurt, fake an injury, so we can slow the momentum, stop things, whatever. But they're doing that. Philip Warren, says, Philip Warren says, do you think our defense just had a bad couple of matchups or do you think teams are starting to fit? I think it's probably a little of both. I think teams have probably figured some things out. Maybe Georgia exposed some things like, hey, we can attack it this way. Um, but a little bit of both. I mean, I think they're banged up. Arkansas doesn't have great depth, but they're they're you can tell they're banged up. That's That's been part of it. And, you know, just being on the road so much. There's a lot different than playing on the road and playing at home. Um and I think that's been part of it. That's why they need a great home atmosphere on Saturday. Don Henry says, got to give the ladies V-ball a little love. They're on fire right now. Sure. Carl Kitchen says, Malik Horns seem to be extremely timid or maybe afraid of messing up. Also, if Arkansas gets beat in the same play Mississippi State did, then somebody on hog defense needs raking across the coals. Yeah, Malik uh, – He'll get there. I mean, he's still very young. He's a redshirt freshman. He's got a lot of speed, and I think maybe he trusts his speed too much. But they just got to keep keep working with him. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, maybe him getting some work at wide receiver also. I mean, not saying, like, a permanent move to wide receiver, but use his speed. I mean, at the same time, you got to make sure you protect your backup quarterback and he's healthy and ready to go in case you need him because K.J. does run the ball a lot. He's averaging, like, 10 carries a game. And these aren't like sacks. I mean, I know he's got sacks on, but most of them are him running the ball. Hayden Pound says, how do you feel about next year's roster? We've got a lot of senior starters and a couple more guys likely to get drafted. Well, I mean, it's just college football where players are going to leave. Now, I think on offense, you get K.J. back, as I mentioned. You get a lot of nice-looking running backs back. Every running back should be back. Um, you never know in the transfer portal war, but Arkansas has got a pretty healthy culture. Uh, offensive line, you're going to lose some players. But you got some good-looking young players, and we talked about all this a little bit. Um, you lose Blake Kern, you probably lose Traylon Burks. They need to, I, I would say wide receiver is the one area where, like, you really need some guys to start emerging. Like Warren Thompson starting to peek through, you know, and, and show he's a playmaker. But, like, Keetron Jackson, be nice to get him going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there are some guys there. When you look over on the defensive side, there are definitely some more players that you'd be concerned about you're going to lose. Maybe your whole starting defensive line. John Ridgeway can come back. Isaiah Nichols, is, he'll be back. Eric Gregory, um, Matthias Soley, <clears throat> Zach Williams. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you got a good number of players coming back on, on the defensive line, although you're going to lose some too. Uh, all your linebackers, except for Bumper, he could come back if he wants to uh, and use his COVID year. Monteric Brown will be gone most likely. I think Monteric – could come back, but he is a fifth-year senior. Um, 
you know, who knows on Jalen Catalan? I think a lot of people thought there was a good chance he would leave, but he's playing with a broken hand. He may want to come back and have a better season. Who knows how things will shake out for him? Uh, he'll, he's going to have to have some protection on it all year, it sounds like. So you've got some guys coming back. you got some guys going. It's not going to be like this year where, like, it was a big boost to get all those guys back. Toddy Jones says, dude, I've done a very small fraction of what you do, very small fraction. You guys do exceptional work and uh, do work hard. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, I've worked, I've done hard work before. I've worked in a furniture, wrought iron furniture plant, um, you know, pretty much my whole life growing up as a child through college. I've worked, uh, I've helped build a house before, roofed a house. I've worked in a field all day in a pecan orchard. I've baled hay. That's hard work. This isn't hard work. It's just sometimes I tend to overdo it because I work every day. My family gets upset with me for that, but it's football season. This is my time. I mean, the way I look at it, half six months out of the year, including fall, you know, uh, fall camp and spring football, I've got a grind ahead of me. You don't see me a lot outside of football stuff, and that's just that's just how it is. And we work basketball too. So Curtis, you know, takes the lead on basketball stuff, so it's not as 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 draining as football can be, but we're at the midway point of the season. I still got plenty in the tank. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, all these road games in a row, it's just a lot. It is. And, you know, you got family obligations, all that stuff. Craig Richardson said, should we keep with the 3-2-6 going forward? Some. I don't – I mean, again, I don't know if it's exactly the scheme or it's – being banged up and, you know, playing on the road. And I think it's a combination of a lot of things. A lot of it's Ole Miss. A lot of it's Ole Miss. Maybe they should just start faking injuries. Maybe that would help, just start faking injuries like Ole Miss does. Casey French Fulton says, why are we not changing defensive front to more guys? I know we kind of talked about all that. Mark Adams says, why is Kern starting over Knox? Doesn't even make sense. I think it's a size deal. They need somebody who can block, and Knox is a little bit light right now. He needs to add 25 pounds, I think Sam Pittman said. Um, but I think that's a large part of it. But in this particular game, you needed another weapon out there, a guy that can catch the ball. So it made a lot of sense to play Trey Knox more, and that's what we saw. Against other teams, you may need a, a guy who's who's a better blocker. Hayden Pound says, what's the longest distance you think you could dive to get a touchdown, Trey? With a gainer, like KJ did, do I have to do a gainer flip? The longest I could drive? I don't I don't know. I was actually always a pretty good leaper. I am 43 years old now. I can't I can't grab the rim anymore, but I used to be able to dunk a basketball. I'm only 6'1", six, six foot and a half inch. So I can leap still, I would think. I don't know. I would be worried about hurting myself diving more than anything because not because of like getting hurt, but like the injury time, like how long it takes me to recover from an injury <laughs> in my 40s now versus when I was in my 20s. That's why I wouldn't do it or test it. I can no longer touch the rim. Sad. Parker Patrick says, do you think the defense problems came from our guys being beat last week? I mean, I, again, I think it's a combination of guys being banged up. Grant has something on his knee. Catalan has a hand injury. I mean, he plays a big role in run support being that middle safety. I think a lot of those kind of things just you get banged up a little bit. I mean, think about playing Georgia and how physical and big those guys are, and they're just running. They're not even – I think they pass the ball four times in the second half against Georgia. 
they're just slamming into you over and over and over again. And it's Georgia. It's not like some other team. It's, I mean, these dudes are huge, massive physical players. Um, and they're running the ball at you over and over again. I think it, you know, it probably softened them up a little bit on defense. It'll be you. You'd be amazed to see the difference when they get back home in front of a home crowd too. I think that's going to be definitely play a big role uh, in Arkansas getting back on track. Arkansas has got some guys that'll fight. You know, they they may be banged up, but they'll they'll get it back. I, I think they're going to play uh, a much better game on defense against Auburn, and a lot of that is just being home. It's not just going to be because they're going to a four man front or you know they're sticking to a three man or whatever. It amazes me that Matt still got more credit than KJ Corral. I mean, KJ, Matt Corral played a fantastic game, too. They both did, and he came out as the winning quarterback. A lot of questions about a four-man front. I mean, Pittman did say indicate that, you know, that's something they need to look at, too. He's not just blind on it. Do I think KJ and Hornsby should have been on the field together? I don't know. I mean, like, everybody hates the call that they made, obviously. Everybody wanted to run, but – and I think maybe running too, but it's largely because it didn't work. I mean, I wouldn't mind just seeing KJ keep the ball. But he could – I mean, I think that was the plan. I think that's what he was thinking, first of all, that, like, keep it, and then it's like, oh, it's not there. Throw it. I mean, it's an RPO. Throw it. I don't, you know, get it to Burks. Like, what's crazy is, like, when I'm sitting there, I'm talking in the press box, and I'm talking to other people, I'm like, I think I, what I was saying is, like, you know, you got to have an option for trailing Burks there. He's got to be, like, if you don't run it, you know, the RPO, you want an RPO, um, then, then, then trailing Burks because, excuse me, if you look at in practice, it's always, like, when they throw it to Cage or when they throw it to trailing, he always seems to catch it. When they do that low red zone stuff, it's like over and over and over again. All right. Like, does anybody think that they're not faking injuries? Like, everybody knows they're faking injuries, right? Like, everybody knows that's what's happening here. It's not cheating. But I would love somebody to, like, tell me, no, they were genuinely hurt. They were genuinely hurt. How do you fake in? How do you? I would love somebody to come up with a plan. Like, how do you not fake it? How do you end fake injuries? Because there's no way to tell if they're faking. Somebody could say, I just got the, the wind knocked out of me. And how are you going to prove that they didn't get the wind knocked out of me? You're not going to like con- conduct like a medical exam right there on the field that's like, I mean, I guess you would if it was like a knee injury. You do the little ACL test and stuff. But like these guys are injured and then they're coming back. They're injured and they're coming back, one guy after another. It's kind of interesting. It doesn't seem to happen so much on offense. You ever notice how players don't keep getting cramped up on offense? It's always defensive guys. All right, everybody. A lot of similar questions. I think you got a good point, Devin Lowry. He says they should make a player miss the rest of the other team's offensive series if they go down with an injury. Yeah. I think that that's – reasonable now the thing is even though that happens they still get what they want because you still stop the clock you know you still get what you want and the player comes out 
and usually it seems to happen, you know, closer down to the the goal line. Um, maybe you would lose more secondary players or stuff instead of valuable defensive linemen because you know teams don't tend to have many like six five three hundred pound guys that can run. <laughs> but uh, it's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's just it's crappy is what it is. It the whole thing of it stinks, you know, and it's all because of like. And I said after the game like. I don't like watching 51, 52 games. It's, the whole game is just kind of a blur to me. I, I don't even feel like I fully have a grasp on the game because I haven't watched the second quarter yet. But the whole thing is just kind of a blur instead of remembering like individual plays and how important this was. And, um, you know, it's just like offense just marches down and they do the hurry up, no huddle stuff. So it's just like there's no time to watch a replay. You just go, 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 go. And then it's just a blur. The whole game is just kind of a blur to me. And then on top of it, one of the ways that defenses have to slow down these offenses is to fake injuries. And so you also have this factor of now we're faking injuries all the time, and it sucks. It's it, it's miserable to watch um, that that's what teams have resorted to. And all, in addition, like when somebody really is hurt, they still get booed. You boo injured players. Somebody could have a serious injury and you're just like, boo, which is crappy. But you can't blame the fans because they're used to people getting faking injuries. I mean, that's why everybody's booing because people are faking injuries and everybody knows it. All right, everybody. Hopefully I'll be in better shape by next week because I'm i am not lying. I'm run down. Like, I think it was obvious. Like, I couldn't even talk on some of the stuff, like reading off how to watch and stuff, getting the show, messing the show up, just like, just drained, to be honest. But we're going to get it back, get a little much-needed rest tonight. We're going to do a lot better show for the primer. Which, by the way, somebody corrected me on that, too. And I, I, I could see how you would think that it was like – like because there's two ways. Like, primer is – like, for a, like a school book, it's, called, it's pronounced primer. And I think people maybe thought I was, like, saying, like, this is a school book. But it's the primer. It's a metaphor. It's the layer, of, it's the layer before the paint goes on. It's the primer. That's what it is. Anyway, just wanted to explain that. All right, everybody, thanks for watching me. Um, want to thank Danny West for joining the show. Appreciate all your questions and uh, you uh, putting up with me on this show as I'm – I don't feel like I'm 100% just foggy on it. So thanks for watching. Sorry about all the blowing on the walk and talk also. It's been a weird few weeks. All right, everybody, thanks for watching. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.